0: Amen well, we finished up the uh, finished up last uh last week the Sermon on the Mount and we've started a new series uh that um I've titled parabolic and it's a play on the word parable and we're going to be going through a number of the parables but a uh, um, a parabola or something that's parabolic has some very specific features that just tie in to Jesus' parable so perfectly. A uh a uh parabola is this wonderful little arc and it's if, if everybody's a little uh, if anybody's a geometry nerd or math nerd like Lee Francis, um, then everybody enjoys a good parabolic equation. Like Woo! I know, you're gonna, I know you're gonna go work a parabolic equation right right before you eat right now. And uh but what's cool about a, a parabola is it's got two interesting features first off it's going to be as it goes up it's going to be going along these these uh these lines and as it, it it will infinitely get closer and closer and closer and closer but never ever crosses it'll be coming along on its two sides and it'll be zoom just getting closer and closer and closer as it comes up but it also has a central focus point everything that that comes in gets bounced and gets reflected back to the central focus point. You, you have your satellite dishes, your little dish network dishes and all that. Those little curves, that is a parabolic curve. And it focuses it has that little thing out in the front. That's the focal point and it focuses all of the stuff. It's collecting all the little stuff from the satellite and focusing in it right there. It has this central focus point. And yet it never ends. It goes on for eternity and has this central focus point. When uh, I was uh, a kid, anybody ever watch the show uh, Mr. Wizard's World or watch Mr. Wizard? I love Mr. Wizard. He was so cool. He did all sorts of fun, cool experiments, and uh, he inspired me one time because he made this solar hot dog cooker, and it was so cool, and took this thing and made a parabolic curve with a reflective surface and put a wiener on a skewer and stuck it right at the focal point and stuck it out the sun and so this parabolic curve grabs all the little sun rays and focuses it right on the wiener. And then it cooks it. And it was so cool. So I got out there and I had my aluminum foil and I had my skewers and uh I wasn't I wasn't real precise. My parabola did not work very good. And uh anyways I ended up eating a cold winter wiener wiener. It was a little anticlimactic, but I understood the principle behind it, that it, it had this central focus point. In fact, Archimedes, back in the third century, defended Syracuse this way. And I know if you watch Myth Mythbusters, Mythbusters thinks that they've busted this legend. But other groups say that, no, they've proven the legend. But basically... The Rome the Roman ships were attacking Syracuse, and that was Archimedes' hometown. And he was a, this brilliant mathematician, and he understood this parabolic curve. So he got all of these people with these polished up brass shields, and lined them up in this parabolic curve, and would aim these shields collectively at these ships and make these ships burst into flames out in the harbor. So the Roman ships never could land; they'd catch a flame. And burst into uh, burst into flames, focusing the sun's rays. And so he he Archimedes back in the third century created the uh, used the first laser, basically focused light as a as a weapon. And so this uh, this parabola, this parabolic, has this central focus point. It all comes to a place. in every one of Jesus's parables, they have all of these other wonderful things that we can draw from, and it just goes on and on, and it's just so deep. But they also have this central focus point, this place where Jesus is driving home and saying, this is what I am wanting to communicate to you. The word parable comes from the Latin word parabola. And we already talked about uh, what a parabola does. So when we're sitting here and reading in Mark chapter 4, let's go ahead and read Mark chapter 4 verses 2 through 20. other seed fell among thorns which grew up and choked the plant so that they did not bear grain still other seed fell on good soil it came up and grew and produced a crop multiplying 30 60 or even a hundred times he jesus then said he who has ears to hear let him hear then we jump over to verse 13 where he explains the parable it says and then jesus said to them don't you understand this parable how then will you understand any parable the farmer sows the word the seed is that's talked about is the word it's, it is the teachings of christ it is god's word the, the sower sows the word some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown as soon as they hear it satan comes and takes it away takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seeds sown on rocky places, hear the word and receive it at once with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. And then trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they fall away quickly. Still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word. But the worries of life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desire for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. And others others were like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it. And produce a crop 30 60 or even a hundred times what was sown there were four different kinds of soil there was one sower and it was one kind of seed it was the word nothing changed on that end there was no variance there was no didn't have any different casting techniques there was no different planting techniques it was the, the same sower and the same seed every time what varied was where it got put where it ended up, how it was received. And that's what we're going to look at today because we want to make sure that that the word, when it gets into our lives, it gets in there and gets good and dirty, that it gets rooted in to good soil. It gets rooted into our hearts and produces what it is supposed to do. Uh, the hard soil, the first one that we look at, the hard soil, the packed earth, the path, It never germinated. All four of these soils never did something. There was something that they never did. First one, they never germinated. This ground had been trampled on. It was hard packed. It was closed. This ground was not open at all. It didn't have any cracks for the little seed to find its way in. It was hard closed. It was packed. This week, we uh, took our vacation this week. And I went to uh, San Antonio and went to Fiesta Texas for uh, a couple of days. Did two days of Fiesta Texas, and it was a lot of fun. Very tiring, and so got uh, had between the two families had eight kids dragging us all over the place, and uh, uh, so it was just go go go. It was a lot of fun. But as we were, as I was. Um, looking at this and knowing I was gonna be preaching on the the parable of Sower, It was ex- it was funny to watch that when we would talk about these different roller coasters And we talk about who's gonna ride them to these kids. We're gonna go ride this roller coaster. We're gonna go ride the Superman then Invariably Inside the group of kids there were all of the different four kinds of soil to that idea and we look at the the ones on the uh, the trample one and say, Hey, who's going to go ride the Superman? Not me. I'm not. I mean, they were closed. It was not even an option. They didn't think about it. They saw that big old tall loop. They knew that your feet just kind of hang out there. They know that it's, they're like, I, I want nothing to do that. No, no. Completely closed off. Want nothing to do with this. They were the hard packed soil to the idea of the superman and guess what did they ride the superman no they didn't even get close to it they didn't even want to get near the line in case it accidentally sucked them in and 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 took them up there you know it was fun there there were a few rides that i would ask carson carson do you want to ride this ride and he would go no and grab his mother's leg (laughs) like i was going to grab him and and like if he did not sit there and get a hold of something in a hurry that he was he was his words weren't enough I'm telling you he was closed off To that idea. He was closed off this hard trampled ground that Jesus is talking about is that it's that it's just rejected instantly There are the people that just reject the word of God instantly and see, the thing is is we've got to we've got to make sure because we are Ourselves have in the garden of our hearts, we have all of these different types of soil in us. And God is continually planting his word. And we have to make sure we may have received the gift of salvation. But now all of a sudden God is planting a seed about forgiving somebody. You know, and there have been times that you know I sit there in counseling, I talk to somebody, and they they uh you know bring up a herd or something, I say, Have you forgiven them? Nope. But you can tell they are closed off to that idea. They've received the the seed of the word that, that Jesus come to save them. They received that. They received other things, but with that one spot, boom, hard ground, trample. Uh-uh, They're not going there. Not talking about that. We have to make sure that when when we are putting God's word in us on a daily basis, when we're going into it, that we're saying, God, I want to be good ground for every. One of your seeds for everything that you're going to say a lot of it. I'm gonna be excited about You know a lot of it. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be pumped You know, I wish they had I wish you could plant a a a garden and grow ribeyes You know grow a brisket. I like meat You know you tell me oh well, we're gonna plant uh, cucumbers. I don't want to plant no cucumbers I'm not gonna eat a cucumber. It's not exciting. And I got to figure out how to, you know, grow a hamburger, you know, plant one of those suckers and grow. I'd be excited about that seed, you know, but not all the seeds are exciting. You know, some of the things that God tells us, he's wanting us to step out in faith. He's wanting us to do these other things. We got to make sure that our initial reaction isn't. Nope. Uh Uh-uh. Sorry, Lord. Not getting on that ride. I'm in the park with you, but let's go do something else. I'm not getting on that one. Mm-mm. We have to make sure that our heart is not become hardened to any part of what God wants for our lives. He only wants good things for his children. Revelations 1.3 says, Blessed is the one who reads the words of this prophecy. And blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written because the time is near. The path was hard-packed and it never allowed the seed in it never allowed it in It just laid there on the surface might as well have not have been uh, Been sowed at all. It never did a thing first Thessalonians 4 8 says therefore he who rejects this instruction Does not reject man? But God who gives you the Holy Spirit? Who rejects this instruction doesn't reject man? Rejects God, we have to be careful that we don't reject God as God is speaking into our lives and bringing His instruction, bringing His teaching, bringing His correction. Boy, that's some of the stuff we can get sealed off to the quickest. No correction is fun. It's not, no matter how much you sugarcoat it. When you figure out that there's correction in there, whoop, you don't want anything to do with it. No, thank you. Nobody likes correction, but it, it is one of those seeds we have to be willing to receive from God. Matthew thirteen fifteen says, For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they've closed their eyes. Otherwise, they may see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn, and I would heal them. What was standing in the way between them and them? receiving being healed what was standing in the way of them understanding it was their calloused hearts if there were hearts were softened before God it is an everyday chore it is an everyday thing that we must do to make sure that our hearts stay softened before God you know a a path does not trample itself down That ground did not trample itself. You know, most of the time, people who have hard places in their hearts, they can always point to someone else's foot that did the stomping. They always can. But that doesn't make it right. It still, it doesn't matter that it was somebody else's foot that hardened. It doesn't matter that it was somebody else that stepped all over you. It doesn't matter we've got to get beyond that and and soften our hearts and be willing to break that ground up We have to say no it is God's word is too important. I'm not gonna let what somebody else did to me Rob me of God's best in that area. We just can't allow it. It's not worth it the next place we see Is the uh, the soil that uh was uh was polluted it wasn't pure it it had rocks all in it it had it was stony ground it had uh, other junk all mingled in it it was it was not true soil it was just a it was just a bunch of beat up broken up little pieces of, of rock oh, my notes are out of order Thank you. I thought I was getting ahead of myself. The second one is the rocky soil. The rocky soil it was it had all the stuff in it, and it never rooted It never rooted. Boy, it got all excited initially it received it It says it received it with joy says it received the seed It received it the word with joy and some and initially something sprang up But when the weather beat down when stuff came when persecution came because of what was planted then it withered and it died I'm telling you we saw that at six flags, too. We saw that at fiesta, Texas boy, I'm I'm telling you boy all of the kids Boy, could talk a big game back at the room. Boy, you'd say, You bring up, okay, who's going to ride the Superman? Not when you're standing in front of it, but when you're back at the room where you're staying. And you say, Woo, I'm going to do it. I'm all over it. I'm going to whoop the Superman. I'm going to take on the Superman. Boy, they were were excited about it. And you say, Okay, this is the group that's going to ride the Superman. Then you get to the park. And There was a couple that go unnamed That whenever they sit there and look at the Superman and a little bit of uh, Persecution begins to come their minds begin to mess with what was going on all of a sudden. They're like Nope They had not really rooted down the idea That they were gonna ride that ride initially there was excitement initially oh yeah i'm gonna do this oh yeah i'm all over this but then when the rubber meets the road nope my daughter brooklyn she was uh she was that way the on day one she was uh she was she gonna you know she she said i'm gonna ride superman i'm gonna ride superman then we get up there and i'm like are you gonna ride superman no and she's backing up, getting away from doing the Carson thing. She's too tall to hold Mama's leg. She'd have to bend down too low. So she didn't she didn't grab mama's leg like Carson. She's like, Nope, I'm not riding it. So she you know, all the first days she didn't ride it. And then she gets back gets back to uh the room and boy, she just so regretted it. So regretted that she didn't. So the man she she uh she shifted and made her made her mind up that she was going to ride the ride. Now, what? there wasn't any joy. There wasn't any excitement. It was sheer, pure will. I'm going to ride this ride. We saw this with Connor Moore. It was so cute. There's <laughs> a ride called the uh, Boomerang. It takes you up and then drops you and runs you through about three loops and stops you and then runs it through you backwards. And uh, this was a, all these kids did had a lot of firsts on this deal. And I've got pictures and I wish I had put a little slideshow together. It'd have embarrassed him. And uh but he's in, he's buckled in and he's going up he's going up the ride and he's sitting there and you just see him. He's crying. He is buckled in crying. Brandon had tried to get him to to punch out and bail out, say, so let us out. And the car's like, No! I'm gonna ride it! He's Crying. I'm gonna ride it! Because he had made his mind up he was he was going to do it. It was rooted in him Yeah, I'm telling you you talk about the persecution He had all sorts of double-minded persecution going on on the inside of him But he had made his mind up so all this stuff going on in his head He was able to weather that because it was rooted Down deep and then I'm telling you when that ride was over, you know who the loudest one had the most fun Connor Moore, I'm telling you, man, I'm telling, he had the he had the best time, and so, but it was rooted. So many times we sit there and man, I've done this over and over again through my years of walking with God. That man, God show me something in the Word, and man, and I get so excited about it, but for some reason I didn't let it really get down rooted on the inside of me. And all of a sudden, because of some different things and some persecutions and some some concerns of this world, all of a sudden I I quit on that part. I keep going with God on other areas, but that one thing that He spoke to me, I quit. There's too many times that I've walked away. Too many times I get real excited about one, and then and then pull away. Why? Because I wasn't rooted. We have to stay rooted. Rooted we have to press our roots down enough. There's a there was a Years ago, there was a big uh, drought where they uh, have all the uh, citrus trees and there was this uh, one farm was citrus farm orchard that uh, Man, they were really concerned. They were losing plants left and right And this one just down the highway was still had its oranges still doing all right and they interviewed the two different farmers and one farmer, one orchard owner, man, was he was like, we've got to have rain, and in the next couple of days, or my, I'm done. My farm is done. They could not dump enough water. They didn't have access to enough water. They couldn't irrigate anymore, and they needed rain. They go down to the next guy and said, you know, how are you doing? He's like, well, we need rain. We all need rain. But my, my plants can hold out, a, my, my trees can hold out another few weeks. Well, mine will be fine if we can go another if we go another few weeks without rain. We just got to get rain in the next few weeks. They're like, well, what's the difference between your and the guy down here? He said, well, he said when my I did not have a, a good irrigation system whenever my orchard was planted, and so his trees went deep. They were rooted deep, and they had deeper roots and could tap into water sources that the guy down the way didn't. His had been irrigated from day one. And all the roots were just simply on the surface. And as soon as the tough times came, they weren't tapped into a deeper water source. And that orchard down the way was dying. While this other orchard, yeah, it wasn't pleasant. But he could keep going. He could go further on because one was rooted. We have to be rooted. That's the difference. On the outside, when times are good, everybody looks the same. All's... All's well, But when times are tough, it's those that are rooted and the word is rooted. That's the one that remains. We have to make sure that when God plants a word in us, God gives us and shows us a truth as we're studying, that we make sure we don't just get excited about it and say, ooh, I received it, yeah, I agreed with that. we got to make sure it gets rooted. And that takes some cultivation. That takes some time. You know, it's real exciting to learn something new the first time. It takes a little diligence. It takes a little work to keep studying that thing. It may not be quite as exciting the second time you look at it because you already, you already know it. But it gets rooted by continuing to study, by continuing to pray, by continuing to let that thing get down on the inside and meditating on it, root, getting it rooted in your life revelations twenty two sixteen <clears throat> I Jesus have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright morning star. Jesus himself calls himself the root. Why? Because that is where the life comes up into the deal whenever you go to to fertilize, boy, you're not sitting there and throwing fertilizer and stuff all up on your trees. No man, you're getting it down on the ground, so it gets down in the roots. You know, you go and get a bunch of cow manure and start throwing it up in the branches. You know, <laughs> all you're gonna do is at some point it's gonna rain and stink. And uh, you know, you got to get it down there so it gets down into the roots. It's the roots that help us to be stable. Proverbs 12:2 says, "The wicked desire the plunder of evil man, but the root of the righteous." Flourishes. The rocky soil looked the best, the fastest. Boy, that seed sprang up. It popped up quick. Rocky soil, rocky soil typically has a hard rock bed underneath it, and so the it gets warm quicker than the other soil does, and that heat helps that seed germinate. Those seeds really do that. Fall on that really do germinate quicker. Than the seeds that fall on the good ground because that heat helps it to go ahead and, and crack over it looks the quickest the best but if it doesn't root it doesn't last we have to make sure that it roots first peter 2 2 says like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that <clears throat> by it you may grow up in your salvation we have to grow up in our salvation it's something we have but we get to continue to grow in it it's like that parabola it just keeps getting closer you it's never arrived it just keeps getting closer and closer and closer and closer it is so exciting to know that every day we can get a little bit closer to god we continue to grow second peter three eighteen says but grow in the grace and knowledge of our lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Now we're going to look at the polluted soil for real this time. Polluted soil had other things growing in it. Polluted soil had it wasn't just the pure cultivated ground it, it was ground that it didn't have all the rocks in it things could grow in it But this polluted soil it had the thorns and the weeds. It had other things Growing along with it and the polluted soil never produced It never produced I Always thought it was interesting the first one the first seed never germinated the second one the plant died this one The plant is still alive. It never says anything about the plant dying the seed goes in It grows up what doesn't happen with that one it never produces the grain it never produces what it was supposed to You'd go over there and look at it and see a corn plant with all its you know height and all this stuff and no corn It didn't produce what it was supposed to do it had been choked out We need to make sure that just because we can look and say, man, that is that word is still alive in my heart. It hasn't withered. I still agree with it. I'm still, I'm still in line with it. We have to make sure and, and check and say, why is it not producing? And if it's not producing, we have to look and see what is causing it. Verse 18 says, still others like seeds sown among thorns hear the word, but the worries of this life And the deceitfulness of wealth and the desire for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Man, there's just this latent potential right there. The weeds get removed and boom, the fruit is going to start to produce. But there's just this desire for other things, there's this desire to do to do what God has said, but there's also this desire for this other thing, and it pollutes it and doesn't let the desire that God has placed in that area to fully produce. It doesn't it never gets the promise. I think there are so many Christians that are living in this spot right here with so many areas. They've received so much of the word. And you look and say, yeah, that, that plant's alive. Well, how come it hasn't produced what it's supposed to? How come? It's not, needing a, it's not needing a new seed of it. The same thing will happen to that. What it's needing is to get the, the other stuff out. The worries the desire for other things. The cares of this life. All of those come in and choke it out. God has called us to live a life that's, that's not limited by this world. And when we start being concerned about the things of this world, it limits the word in our lives. Our choices to be concerned with those things will limit God's word in our lives. We cannot allow that. On a couple of our roller coasters, there were those that were this way. That you say, okay, who's going to ride? Who's going to ride Goliath? I'm going to ride it. All right. And they get on, and like, well, okay, yeah, this is a cool ride because you, you're on that one, your feet dangle, and there's just nothing beneath you but but air, and it's a cool experience. And you know, especially if you get on the front, you know, on the front of it, and there's just nothing. Tracks above you. It's just awesome. And so, and I sit there and go, now we're on the front. You got to open your eyes. I am not. Man, they're not getting the benefit. You're not getting the benefit. They said, yes, I'm on a ride. Yes, they got on. When it's all said and done, you could say, did you ride Goliath? Yep. I rode it. And check that one off. But they were afraid, there was anxiety. There was all of this stuff, and they did not experience what the ride was intended to experience. The ride is supposed to make you feel like you are flying, the sensation of flying through the air. I'm telling you you can shut your eyes and we can sit you in that chair and yank you around real good and make you feel like you did something. It's not the same thing. you've got to save money. No, that you sit there and somebody go through the moat and go through the whole thing and never get. The pur- purposed intent why because this anxiety these cares these fears these concerns of other things come in and shut off the fruit And then on the surface, it looks like what well, did you do it? Yep, but did you really experience what it was intended? No No, it didn't There's so many people with the word of God that are that way You say yeah, did you study that? Yep I've been there, I did that, and I was part of that movement, I was a part of this movement, I've done this, I've done that. Well what did what what fruit did it produce in your life? Are you more loving? Are you more patient? Are you more are this? Are you more are you a kinder person? Well, my spouse wouldn't think so. Well what happened? Was there anything wrong with the the seed? No. These other things come in and choke out the fruitfulness of it. How sad it is to have gone through and been one little click away from getting everything that was designed. Just turn off the worry. Cast your cares on Jesus because he cares for you. At the uh, I normally don't get nauseous. On ride, that I was uh, used to fly. Haven't got the chance to fly. Never got air sick Never got in that kind of stuff. But man, this trip—I don't know. My wife says because I'm getting old, and when uh, I rode about ten cool thrill rides, pretty soon I started feeling a little funny. And it made me mad. So I rode some more. Like, I ain't gonna do this. It made it worse. Well, I'm just gonna have to have to be a big boy and go. I'm not riding. And so, but I got to watch my oldest son. I got to watch Kenan ride the Scream. I don't know if y'all are familiar with the Scream, but it's a cool ride. And there, it's tallest ride at, at Six Flags. And you get on. It gives you this sensation of doing this blast off like Superman, and you just boom shoot you seventeen stories up, just super fast, just boom, and then takes you up another three stories slowly, and then drops you twenty stories, and just this free fall. It's a cool ride and uh anyways I wrote it the uh wrote it the day before, but I didn't write it or maybe earlier that morning and uh, anyways, I wrote it one time this trip, and it was a lot of fun but I was watching uh Keenan and Brandon. they were the only two on the ride at that time, and I'm telling you it was a full on having a great there was no worry, anxiety cares they both had their arms and legs spread, just sitting there, smiles plastered on their face. Pew! It wasn't the last minute, wasn't any of that. It was so cool to see my son, cause I'm telling you two years ago, I had to beat that boy to get on roller coasters. I mean, I had to like shame him and just I'm like, look at that five year old kid. He's getting on it. No, we're different people, dad. We're different people. We're just made different. He, he pulled that line on me all the time. We're just different. I bet there's things I'm not afraid of he is. And so now he'll ride anything. And it was so cool to see because that ride wasn't designed to to just be enjoyed. And him just sitting there just, hey, man, there's so many of the pictures that you go and look at the little booths. His hair is just plastered back and just huge smile and just loving it. you know. And other people, you know, they're having a mop their spot up. When they get out and it's, it's bad news. <laughs> oh, Anyways, but that's, we've got to, we've got to, to not let these, the anxiety and all this stuff, it will rob us. It will rob us. So many times it's not that we're needing the word engrafted in us all over again. We just got to get, we just got to quit being Fearful and really rely and give ourselves to that and that it's going to produce the fruit it's supposed to produce. Because you know what? While the we don't see the fruit, while the anxiety is there, we can't go, well I'm just going to see if it's going to produce the fruit and then I'll quit being anxious. It doesn't produce it while we're worried about all this other stuff. We can't we can't play that game. We've got to trust in the Lord with our whole heart and lean not to our own understanding. We have to be good ground for the seed of the word. The plant doesn't die. Its effectiveness is simply choked out. Luke 8:14. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. The seeds there, and they just don't mature. May I tell you what? I don't, I don't want to stand before God, and God say, "Boy, why didn't you ever grow up? How come you didn't mature?" I want to go forward with God. I want to mature a little bit. There were some tourists who were traveling around in the <clears throat> German mountains and they come into this little village and there's an old man sitting over at the railway station and they get off the little tourist train and go up to the old man who's who's sitting there and they go, were there any, were there any great men born in this village? And he just looks up and says, nope. Only babies. <laughs> as dumb as that sounds, the thing is, is that that's the case. We all, it, we all start out as infants. Whether it's in Christ or physically, we all have to mature. We so wish that we could just step over and just flip a switch into greatness. Oh man, it's, it's going to produce greatness. All of a sudden, boom, we're there. But it's just not the case. We have to mature into it. Pablo (coughs) Casals was an incredible cellist. At the age of 95, he was interviewed, and they said, Why, at 95 years old, you're the best. You're probably the best cellist that's ever been. Why do you still practice six hours a day? He says, because I feel like I'm making progress. We ought to be maturing, constantly, going forward in God. Matthew 6, verses 5-11, through Jesus was trying to teach a deeper truth, but they were focused on not having bread. Verse 11 says, How is it that you don't understand that I was not talking to you about bread, but be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees? and the Sadducees We have to make sure that we allow ourselves to get rid of the worries of the the cares of this life Or we can never go further mature. Jesus had already proven them with the feeding of the 4,000 the feeding of the 5,000 that The food's gonna be taken care of and here. He's trying to, to use a metaphor Beware the leaven of the Pharisees And they automatically freak out since because we don't have any bread. We don't have any bread. We're not going to eat. We don't have any bread. He's rebuking us. No, he's trying to talk to him on a higher level. He's talking to him something completely. And he's like, look, how many times, how many baskets did we pick up with the 4,000? How many baskets did we pick up with the 5,000? How come you haven't got past this? If we don't quit being stuck on these lower levels, we can't go forward. In Christ first peter five seven says, Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you, man, I'm telling you, we can live a worry- free life, we can't live a trouble free life. He says, in this world, you will have troubles, but I give you my peace.' He didn't promise us a trouble-free life, but we can have a worry-free life. Then, when those troubles come, they don't knock us off our feet. The last soil that we looked at, the fourth soil, it never failed. First one never germinated, second one never rooted, third one never produced, and this one never failed. Produced maybe 30 times what was sown, that's incredible. I'll tell you what, a lot of people, you know, in the stock market, boy, they'd love to have had an investment that did 30 times what they put in instead of what's happened lately. And that was the low end. Then there was 60 times what was sown. Or even 100 times what was sown. It never failed. There were varying degrees of produce, varying degrees of success. But failure wasn't an option. It always succeeds. It always produces when it's planted in good ground. John fifteen four says, Remain in me and I'll remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Psalms 1, verses 2 and 3. It says, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water which yield its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. When we go into that good ground we've already hit on that that it was those that you asked man you want to ride this? I'm all over it. And they jump in, buckle in, don't have a care in the world woo, and love it. Absolutely just enjoy it. And get exactly what it was designed to produce. That is what God is called us to do with His Word. It's supposed to produce. We can be any of these soils at any given time with the different seeds of God's Word. But we have to. We can choose, and we must choose to be good dirt. You've got to choose to be good ground. Saw a fantastic shift in the dirt on Tony Hawk Big Spin. Carson had decided he wanted to do a big boy ride. He wanted to ride the Tony Hawk Big Spin, which is a cool roller coaster that you're in a little car with four people, and then the car is spinning as the roller coaster is going on the track. And so it's a cool ride. And so Carson wants to wanted to ride this ride. So we get in, buckle up. He's great. We're doing the little ch and uh, now this ride is way off by itself. It's way, it's it's stuck. It, it's way off by itself. Then Cutie and was sitting, and Mama was sitting over on the table, a long ways away. And we take off, and we go down. And I'm telling you, his eyes got huge, and he is screaming bloody murder. He, I mean, it screamed the whole ride. I mean, just I've got still have little bitty. Uh, scabs where he dug his fingernails into my arm. I mean, he was just Just laid into me just screaming and he like he said like, screaming like a little girl. He was just I mean just sheer Terror did it the whole way and I'm sitting there telling him hush get control. That is enough That is ridiculous quit screaming like that That is unnecessary and trying to get my arm. Yeah. I'm telling you, he was just screaming. His mama could hear him. Everybody could hear him just okay. screaming. Everybody's standing in line. <laughs> and so we said, Brandon and his group are a, a whole car ahead of us. And we pull up. He's laughing because he had been hearing Carson the whole time <laughs> on this ride. And just hearing Carson scream. And I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to deal with this kid. Cause I'm just expecting a basket case when we pull to a stop. I'm just expecting him to just, you know, uh, we got uh, button. Him just punch me in the nose. <laughs> Why did you bring me on this ride? That's <laughs> his idea. And, uh, anyways, we sit there and he hated it, hated it, hated it, hated it. A whole that just screaming, yeah. We pull up to a stop. He takes a breath and goes, That rocked! <laughs> oh, me and Brandon laughed. We Our sides hurt. It was the total opposite reaction than I anticipated. I mean, everything about it was, This is terrible. I hate this. I'm now I'm going to be mad at everyone. Everything was just sheer misery. But man, I'm telling you, right at the end... That was awesome. He wrote it two more times, was begging to go forth. you know. And the the little guy working it, he was like, "Are you are you are you okay?" I mean, they heard him <laughs> screaming the whole time. He's like, "It was it was great, you had fun." He looks at me and like, "He <laughs> had fun." That's the weirdest fun I've ever seen, but he liked it, and uh, we ended up we ended up riding it some more. But I'm telling, you, all of a sudden, he just shifted the kind of ground he was. I hate this. I hate this. I'm not about. Wait a minute, that was great. You know what? You know, and sometimes when God starts messing with us, we may not like it. You know, we go, oh, no, 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 I don't want anything to do with this. But you know what? We understand that if God has nothing but good intended for us, we can just say, God, you're awesome. Thank you for what you're doing in my life. I may not always enjoy it at the moment, but God, thank you. And we may have kicked and screamed a little along the way, but that doesn't mean we were hard-packed ground. We're still in process. You can shift and make the decision. I'm going to be good ground. I'm going to enjoy this. I'm going to get out what God's deciding to get in me and just make the shift. God may be uh, trying to do something in your life for a while now. And you've been resisting it. You've gone from hard packed ground. You've been hot and cold, excited, not excited. You can just make the shift and say, God, you know what? I choose to be good ground on this. I'm not going to fight you anymore. I'm going to embrace what you're doing in my life. And I'm going to put out the anxiety. I'm going to put out this other stuff. And I'm going to let what you want to do have its way in my life. Glory to God. Well, let's, uh, we want to go ahead and and close right now. And I want to give everyone here an opportunity.